0: From the fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. Today's topic is SOAR, Student Orientation Advising and Registration, and the Parent Program, How the Parents Fit into the Picture. Joining us from UW's Parent Program, Patty Lux Weber, along with our regular geeks, Ty Christian
1: Teresa Saldana
0: And Adam Wiesenfard And now, broadcasting live and local on 91.7 FM And streaming worldwide on WSUM.org Please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian Hello, hello, hello everyone out there
2: in Radio Land This is Do It Live Welcome to another show and it's our last for the season, and uh, today Adam is going to be uh, in and out, and so I'm kind of manning the board here today. And with me, as always, we've got uh, our wonderful Teresa Saldana. How you doing?
1: Hello. Ah, yeah, there Oh, you are. I'm here now. Okay, hi. And
2: we have <laughs> a uh, we have a wonderful guest geek with us today. Well, thank you. Uh, it is. Alan, hello, Dewitt. Yes, I used to, I was calling you Dewitt, and it's it's Dewitt. Dewitt, not many people get that wrong. Oh, ah, okay. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that I, glad that I did not get that wrong as well. So, or I, I actually I probably did get it wrong earlier. So it's all right. All right. Well, anyway, uh, how's everybody doing? Good. Doing it's a great. wonderful Thursday, and uh, like we said, this is our last our last Dewitt live. It yeah, it's really though. sad. Oh, for the semester, oh. we have to wait a whole semester to so. start up again. <gasps> well, don't worry, we'll be back in the fall, but. Uh, You know, we're going to make this a big, awesome last show, I think. Yes. Yes. So today we're talking about SOAR uh, and about how uh, the parents fit in Mm -hmm. to SOAR. But before we do that, we have to keep it, of course, topical and all that sort of stuff. So uh, we are going to Teresa Saldana with the news.
1: All right. So first thing I wanted to talk about was WWDC, sorry about that, Worldwide Developers Conference.
2: Oh, I thought it was like, what would Donovan do? Wait, what would Donovan carve? What what would he carve?
1: And uh, one of the big things that WWDC is known for is when Steve Jobs gets up on his little stage and gives a very important presentation oh, about mm-hmm. the About my new iPhone that I'm going to buy? Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. About God. the latest and greatest uh, <laughs> coming from Apple. So uh, big things they're going to be talking about are iOS 5, which is the next operating system for the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And, and the iPad. What, and the iPad. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. The family's gotten so much bigger. You know, iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad. It's going to run on all of those. iPod, iPad. Um, but from I... what I understand, it's only going to run on the current iPhone 4. So if you have a 3G mm. or 3GS or you have the original iPhone, you're not going to be able to get in on this upgrade.
3: Oh. I know. That makes a certain amount of sense. It's going to have a lot more power. Yes. Yeah, you're
2: going to need a faster processor and a faster... Well, you know, more, better technology in order to run it, I'm guessing. <laughs> right. It's the latest and greatest thing. You wouldn't want to try running Windows 7 on an old uh, Windows 98 box, would you? Or 95. Mm-hmm. Or 95. Or Point one one. Now we're so, going far, that, that's too geeky for DOS. everybody.
1: Okay. DOS. So, <laughs> a couple other things that they'll be talking about are uh, Lion, which is 10.6. It's the Roar. latest and greatest operating system for Lion. the Mac desktop. That's awesome. Or the yeah. laptops. Well, uh, so yeah, I don't. I'm now now I'm paranoid about leaving things off. Apple since computers. I was, I was corrected. Yeah, Sorry. about for Apple computers. So there will be a lot more functionality added in with that. So they so the big thing that they're emphasizing is pulling features back from the iPad. So everything mm. they've learned from the iPad and taking the you know the greatest features and moving them back over to the Mac operating system. Okay. Though, what are some examples of that? Let's see. Now I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, well, one thing that they've already rolled out. Is the the Mac App Store? Yeah, that's true. So now you'll be so you can
3: you
2: can do that now. You yeah, can just buy you can, you can just buy your applications online, and they download to yeah. your Mac, right? Just like but they I would
1: think, for your iPod. I think yeah. what they're going to do is Lion's going to come out that way, which would be the first time oh, they really? released an operating system wow. commercially online. Sure. Huh. That's
2: so, interesting. So you could big. just, just you sign can just, into your Mac account and you can download, download your new operating system. Yeah. Wow. wow. And you know, well, I was going to say they probably are, do, do you think they're going to be implementing any of the touch features and the stuff that they've learned from the iPad, iPod? Mm,
1: they're going to have, I think, more multi-touch features for mm. the trackpad and the, you know, and the magic trackpad, which is oh, for right. the Apple desktop. Just put True. one Not
2: finger on, that. left elbow, you know, move up, that'll...
1: Yeah. Shut yeah it, now it's going to be more like Twister. They're going to get a big mat, and and you can just set that in front of your laptop, and you can. It's going to be like Google Motion.
3: No, I, I do have, I do have a. Yes. I do have a Dance Dance Revolution pad. Can I use that with this? Would that be possible? Uh, no. no. Oh. If it
1: doesn't have an Apple logo on it, they don't. I could put one on. Sorry.
2: Talking about um, uh, touch features and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I saw a new. Video for Windows 8. Mm, yes, with the, that just came out either today yeah, or yesterday. Yesterday, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's really interesting because a lot of the features. is anybody have a? Have you seen? You guys have seen the Windows Phone with like the little colored squares yeah. that have the little different I feel like apps the on, on them. Yeah. You know. Well, apparently they're taking that and they're expanding it to like that's going to be Windows 8. You have when your computer starts up, you have a bunch of little multicolored squares that'll be your applications, and you mm-hmm. can. You can touch them. Like it's pretty much designed for a touchpad, basically. Right. But you but can you also can obviously use, key... still use it. With a mouse. Right. You can use keyboard and mouse right. and that kind of stuff. And apparently they have a um they have a like a advanced user mode and a simple user mode.
1: Right, right. So the advanced user oh. mode is going to be what basically what we're familiar with now. Um you'll have the desktop interface. because I already saw an an argument that just blowing up on Facebook about how <laughs> they, you know, they can't believe that the user interfaces are being dumbed down mm-hmm. and we're getting, you know, colored squares. But <laughs> I mean, blah, 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 that's blah, blah, blah. where I think. Maybe Microsoft is doing it right, depending on how well it works, is having that desktop mode and having the simple user mode. So you think about it. If you're an IT manager, all of your users can use the simple interface. But Mm -hmm. if something goes wrong, you can log into the desktop feature. You
3: get in with the nuts and 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 bolts. And do what you need to do. Alan, what do you think about that? I I think it's a good idea, actually. Uh, So much of what we've seen on the popular devices have been the dumbed-down, quote-unquote, interfaces tablets they they're not running normally very full operating systems because it's more complicated to get through the mm-hmm. same thing with phones and stuff people are right. especially new users are going to be more and more used to being able to just access things simpler quicker yeah. and like i say especially if they still have the backwards compatibility for the older more experienced users let alone the it managers if they can still get in there and use it the way that they're used to that makes a lot of sense to me yeah it does and spe- one of the things that Windows obviously has a problem with is that they're expected to be the be-all and end-all for
1: a yeah. huge host. For
3: everybody. Of mm-hmm. Exactly, for everything and everybody.
2: They should be able to do spreadsheets and games and sound recording and video. And, and, and be portable
3: and be And, and
1: work and, on 500 different machines with yeah. different hardware.
3: Right, and that's the thing that I don't think enough people give Windows actual credit for. Is yeah. Windows buggy? Yes. Is any operating system buggy? Yes. Are they also trying to run on an... Literally unknown number and types of devices. Also, mm-hmm. yes,
1: and have almost unlimited capabilities. Yeah. yeah,
3: and Mac doesn't have that
2: problem because they control the hardware that goes yes. into right. it, so. and that's obviously a plus and a minus on right. both ends. There, right. right? So
1: Apple has the advantage software-wise because they get to control that. However, you know, their days of touting how virus-free they are—if <laughs> <laughs> you—if ha- you haven't heard in the news recently, if you've been living under big. the Apple rock. Um, <laughs> There's there's been new spyware that's that's come out on the Mac OS. Really big. Yeah, the Mac Defender. If you haven't heard of it.
2: Yeah, no. Well, oh, I, you know, I just heard I I just heard mm. yesterday there's a new one. Not only is it now called Mac Defender, but there's mm-hmm. also Mac Protect 2011. Oh, oh
1: no. no. Yep.
2: There's going to be a whole slew of these well, things. I
1: I did want to address what Apple's doing in response to this. So they Please. have um. They're, they've been releasing security updates for this and they have a list um, you know it's built into the operating system that that looks for any you know malware whatever you know traces that it's designed to look for sure and one and after the last update um, it says that Apple included a system to automatically update the expert protect P list which is it's the, the uh, anti-malware definitions every 24 hours now. Wow. Uh, That's a good idea, though. So now your computer will be calling home every day that it's online and saying, hey, what else is out there? What's new?
2: Isn't that the same with any antivirus software there? I mean, is this going to come through an Apple system update like you'd normally yeah, update your operating system? Yeah, this part of the operating system.
1: Operating yeah. system. This isn't... This do you isn't, have to run
2: it? Auto- do you have to... Does it pop up and run like your iTunes, you know, update your iTunes is it going to do that or is it going to do it in the back silently I will say
3: that uh, my iMac at home did... Already request for like, please like restart to get the security security update. Uh. So if you are running a Mac at home, do that.
1: Yes, please run your security updates. They just please released that. this. Do last that manually week.
3: if if it hasn't popped up at you yet. Do it manually. And the way that you do that
2: is you click on your Apple icon up in the left hand corner and you go to System Update. Yep. And system then yep. just run that. Yes. That'll be it's very important. Make everything happy.
3: And if, of course, if you are a member of the university, you can come into the Duet Tech store and get a complimentary antivirus disk. Yep, semantic. Yes, this
1: would be separate from the updates yes. that Apple's doing. This right. is a yep. this is semantic endpoint protection. Um, so it's additional protection for finding viruses and spyware on your computer because remember apple folks you can carry windows viruses that can infect your (laughs) friends you can even if they don't infect your computer they're still there they can still spread themselves to other people's computers Mm -hmm. be nice
2: and you know even though you're a mac user you should probably also have you should have antivirus on there just for for this reason alone i mean people were saying oh macs don't get viruses i don't need it
3: aha now there is well as more and more as mac gets more and more popular the virus writers are going to mm-hmm. find a n- new market to write viruses for. Yeah. And right. especially when you tout, like, <laughs> Mac does not get viruses. That's basically just painting a big, giant target on you. Actually, mm-hmm. something I've seen with my sister, she's been a Mac user for a long time, graphic artist. Mm-hmm. And when she's on my mom's computer, inevitably she ed- ends up downloading a couple of viruses because <laughs> she doesn't know to look for it. Wow. It's a skill set that she doesn't have that a Windows user, like in the back of their mind, mm-hmm. they... Not that they're more savvy per se, but it's a mm-hmm. skill set that they have. Right. That was something
2: we were talking about last week, where um we had a we had a caller that was you know we we're we we're talking and 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 he was saying that you know people who use Windows by default kind of have this you know they they're so inundated with spam and viruses right. all the time because that's that's where you know that that's where all the spam and viruses well this the, the viruses I shouldn't say spam but you know that's where that right. kind of stuff is targeted towards. No, it is. They. They go to a website that's like, your computer is infected. They're like, nice try, buddy. Right. But, you know, a, a Mac user might be like, oh, oh,
3: really? Oh, dear. I better double check this. Yeah.
2: Hey, no. you know, b- before we get any further, we should probably disclaim everything that we've just said uh, so that we don't get sued out right. of oblivion. So, uh, Alan, as our wonderful guest uh, of, the, of the day, of the week, can you go ahead and read our
3: three disclaimers that we've of got? Of course, I can. Now right that I there. on the sheet on the t- page here. <laughs> um, number one. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of WSUM, University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Number two, products and services provided by the Division of Information Technology, a.k.a. DOIT, and other university departments, as well as drawings and giveaways, may only be available to students, faculty, staff, or those currently affiliated with the UW-Madison. Number three, participants of this broadcast may offer opinions or recommendations, as we just did, However, they do not endorse, that's underlined, nor has any consideration been provided on behalf of the products or services discussed. Thank you very much. That was really good. Now we won't get sued.
1: We, I think we should just record <laughs> yeah. him and play him. Every we should.
2: Time. Yeah. I, I have no problem with you that. Have a, you have a <laughs> booming radio voice. Yes, yes like you. Of yes. a voice for radio. So, uh, and a face. hey <laughs> Hey-oh. Hey-o. So uh, one of the reasons we brought you in today, uh, Alan, not only for your vast experience and, uh, you and know. my tracks of land. And your, that too. And, and complete <laughs> nerdiness, <laughs> you know. But Alan was one of the lucky few people to actually
3: get a beta Chromebook, yeah, Google, Google Book, the G Book. Spe- this one is specifically designated the CR48. CR48, which is a super nerdy reference to chromium and the periodic table. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: we should we should tell everyone out there.
3: People are probably listening. They're like, I don't know what Chromebook. What, what, is, it, yeah. what is that Chrome you Chromebook thing? I'll tell you what it is. Um, so it's a. I'm not going to skip the entomology of it, but basically, Google's coming out with a brand new operating system. Except it's not that brand new, which I'll get to in a bit. Okay. It's effectively just the Chrome browser, and Chrome is just another browser like Safari or Internet Explorer or Firefox or Opera mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just another browser. It's okay. got some a lot of things in favor of it, some things that people don't like, whatever. The point is that they're coming out with a brand new operating system based entirely on that. So when you log it on... So like, kind of like a Windows based on... Just Internet Explorer, you could yeah. say. Or yeah. if you had a Mac that was, just had Safari. yeah. So it just, just launches. So it's really quick because I don't have to do anything else. It just launches that. It just goes right into the Internet. Because let's face it, when you start your computer, what's the first thing you do?
1: I internet. You right?
3: I, I, I the internet. I I internet. <laughs> I email. You know, I mean, what the first thing most people do, they check their email. Maybe they'll check the web. I mean, a huge chunk of what we actually use our computer for these days is online-based. I kind of laugh at my kitten background first, and then I go to the well, web. But right, you can do that. That's I fine. suppose
2: if I set my... Uh, do you, if I if I if I set my web page my homepage yeah. like kitten of the or, or
3: lolcats or something lolcats yeah. I could do that. I can ask cheeseburger yes. yes yeah but yeah so that's what a Chromebook is in essence is a very simple straightforward netbook that just does the web hmm. so it's it's I think it's a really really awesome option for people out there it's not going to be for everybody. And it, right now, we yeah. should be clear. This but, is this is not released yet. You can't no, go out and right. you can't go out and right. buy this. No, not, not yet. yet. Alan
2: not has problems. one of those cool. You know, before it has come out, he's, and, and he's it, one of it shows cool guys. in some
1: ways. <laughs> but but Alan, if I only have a web browser, how am I supposed to write things? How am I supposed to write up documents? Yeah, yeah. that is Spreadsheets a great. That's a great question. That How do I know how do? do how do I do all that stuff that I don't do on the internet? Oh no!
3: Calm down. Don't worry. Just... <sighs> Luckily, the internet has solutions for you. Ooh! Actually, a lot of the tools that you can use for, say, offline products, like, say, Microsoft Office, are available online. In fact, Microsoft Office has their own cloud-based Office suite. Really? Yeah, it's called uh, Office 365. Ah. It's replacing Live at EDU. It's going to be free for students. So, you, if you if you don't feel comfortable enough moving over to Google Docs to do your office, which I might add, a lot of incoming freshmen already are, okay, or Zoho Office, which is I think a really nice uh, professional-based one, you can still stay within Microsoft. So you can do cloud-based work with that. Now, if you're worried about being able to access this when you don't have internet, yeah, which, mm-hmm. what about that? That's a great question.
1: Yeah, what do I do? And then and then with all my if I'm doing this all in the cloud, where's my stuff? In the cloud. But. How- I, that's Eating really high. <laughs> <laughs> it is
3: very high. I would need a zeppelin to reach it. <laughs> some sort of technology that Indiana Jones flew upon. Hey. So
1: basically, it's stored online like your email.
3: Yes, exactly. Stored online, your, like your email. Uh, they're integrating some APIs so it can work with Box.net or Dropbox or other online Ooh. storage options. And stuff we love now? Dropbox here. I, I yeah, Dropbox I is it. wonderful. Yeah. I really love it. If anyone needs some referrals so I can get some extra space, just let me know. Later. Oh, dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's you know, so you'll be able to access your files that way, and they're okay. creating, they're constantly updating, and that's one of the actually advantages of both the Chrome browser and the Chromium OS. It always updates. Mm-hmm. You don't have an option not to. Oh, so it updates in the background, oh, and nice. next time you restart, it's just updated, and since they're small incremental updates. Um, then you're not going to have like, oh God, everything's behaving completely different now. Right. It, mm-hmm. There are going to be differences and, and mm-hmm. upgrades over time, but you'll always be up to date so you'll be as secure as possible at all times. I see.
1: So Ty asked the question of what do we what do we do when we're offline?
3: No, and Yeah. That, that is a good question. So you've got two main ways that Google's approaching this. First off, with their Wi-Fi only options, they have the choice of you can well. There is some local storage, so there's about 16 gigabytes of storage, which doesn't. That's sound not like, bad. It, it doesn't sound like anything in some ways, but again, remember you're not running anything locally. Yeah. everything mm-hmm. is designed to be stored in the cloud. But I carry that in my keychain. I mean, exactly. Geez. I've got yeah. I've got a tiny yeah. little thing there. Mm-hmm. My, fr- my very first computer that I built had eight gigabytes. Oh wow! Just wow. a place My, my first
2: computer there. ever had 3.2. Man, I was the coolest kid on the computer. block. Pentium two hundred Pro,
0: nice
3: two hundred megahertz, very nice. Woo! Anyway, yeah, sorry. Continue. (laughs) Um. So, but they are coming this summer and should be. They that should be this summer. This summer, they will be coming out with a brand new option. All of your wallets will be empty (laughs) because of Google this summer. This summer, as you buy their new products, I actually have a story to tell you about that in a second. Okay. But um. So they'll have offline support. So that's going to be one of the options. So that's going to be coming this summer. So if
2: you use, if you were to say use Google Docs, right. and I was writing up a report, and right. then all of a sudden my internet went out, right? Or
3: you got into a car because you need to travel up to your mom and dad's. Uh, to yeah, to so f- I've got one hand on the wheel, one hand is writing well, up a report. No, no, no I, thought, I think he's talking about driving. when
1: you get there. And oh, I see. You're at their right. cabin, cabin or something, somebody, and right. they have no out in the wilderness, equipment. or if somebody
3: else is driving the car, that yeah, would also be good. <laughs> uh, but but you you can keep working on it offline, and then next time you have internet connection, it'll sync it back up with your off with that. Oh. Okay. Option two. So it's just gonna but I mean like the browser is gonna look like you're online, but it, you're not. Exactly. It's gonna feel oh. and now some it might confuse you for a little bit, but it's honestly it's just a little bit of a learning curve. Okay. So that um, so you basically just keep running. It should be seamless. It hasn't come out yet, so I can't speak to how seamless it'll be at the very beginning. Um but it is gonna be based on the Google Gears, which uh people may remember from a couple years ago. Google yep. dropped support on that for about two and a half years ago or so. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, but in the meantime, they have another option for you as well. And that is that you can pay extra to get the 3G models. And that's 3G is the same technology that's in your cell phone. Mm-hmm. So you'll, if you get those, you get 100 megabytes of data from Verizon a month for free, for uh, during the either for two years if you buy it outright, if you lease it, which is another option we can talk about in a bit, you'll have the entire time. But there's 100 megabytes. That's designed to kind of give you the like the spot reception. like The oh, wiggle in the mega- room. Because you're, you're, oh. 100 megabytes is not a it's lot. Not, it's, not a not, it's not a lot. It's not at all. Yeah. I agree. It's, but it's like, oh, I'm at the park, and I want to double-check when I have that meeting with Teresa. I can jump online and quick-check my calendar. I see. If later I'm like, oh, I really want to send Ty that email about this great restaurant that I'm trying to... I can jump online and send that to you or something. I can, I can do that right away.
2: Thai, I am eating Thai food right now. That's har your har. food. Har, har, har. har. har.
3: <laughs> Loves Alan. <laughs> oh, no. bad joke. No. Bad, um, bad joke. Bad joke. joke alarm. All jokes are bad jokes, but they're, they're <laughs> the best ones. Um, so, but you can also buy day passes from Verizon or monthly passes and stuff. So those, those are your two main options that you'll be able to access those. I'm saying there are two different ways you can get these. Uh, option one is you can buy it outright that looks like right now between 350 to $500, depending on the options and models. But students will actually be able to have the option of leasing them. And it's not clear if the school would have to do that or if you'll be able to go directly to Google or hmm. distributor. Hmm. But that's going to be between $20 to $23. The difference is whether or not you want the 3G. Oh, okay. So it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really inexpensive. It's got a lot like a cell phone. That's kind of cool. You can. You, it's, I mean, if you were to buy your iPhone outright and mm-hmm. then get a lower plan, it would actually be cheaper. Nobody does that. Mm-hmm. You get it subsidized over time. Right. So it's kind of the same idea with a laptop. If you were, And if you do do that, from my understanding, from what Google's put up there, that would cover the warranty for that time. So they would cover you support experience. Uh, if it breaks, they can get you a replacement. And mm-hmm. at the end of those three years, if you sign up for another one, they give you another laptop.
2: And do you know how much uh, Google's going to be, uh, Maybe I
3: can't remember if you touched on this, but do you know how much these netbooks are going to be going for when they come out, maybe? Um, for outright costs, between 350 to $500. Okay. Which is the comparable price to normal netbooks right mm-hmm. now. Those are normally going for between three hundred to five hundred dollars, depending on the features. Hmm. And both of the production models that are out there right now are going to be twelve-inch screens on the Google Books or Chromebooks. Mm. That's nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those normally go for about four hundred dollars or so if you were to buy that separately.
2: And that's cool. You know, you could, and maybe, uh, maybe there are students out there that have like a more powerful laptop that sure. they want to do stuff on. But this is, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a, it's not a small netbook you know like the the tiny no, tiny no, ones no, that were no it has a full-size it's keyboard. got a full-size keyboard but you know you could slip that thing into your backpack no easy, problem easily. and yeah and bring really it to light. class it really and you got wi-fi there
3: you can yeah. type up mm-hmm. class notes and oh, boom hey it's on online so you yeah. can right. you don't have to move it between no. computers you got it no, it's, it's all right home. there because it will sync between those and it has an eight hour battery life wow eight day standby
1: time eight day standby. so
3: days. like you close it on friday and you forget to charge it up over the weekend nowhere you'll still be able to get through most of monday
2: yeah Or if you accidentally, you know, cause the curse of the ring, you could, you know, it's one day after you've been taken by the evil. Am am I the only one who's seen the ring in this?
1: I saw the ring. I'm just just letting you hang out there.
2: Yeah. 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 (laughs) We're just letting letting you hang. Just let let me hang. hang. hang All right. That's That's what I have my co-host for. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Teresa, any other crazy news stories?
1: uh other crazy news st- oh yeah crazy news stories playstation network's back on <gasps> oh
2: my gosh here so, take my credit cards yeah
1: everybody go go back on the playstation network give me your credit cards all over again because what could go wrong <laughs> yeah
3: nothing nothing at all so
1: apparently they also have a what i saw was a welcome back package <laughs> which is not available
3: yet actually that's part of the funny part. uh yeah
1: so uh, you apparently get free games but you get to pick you know out of five games, they already set aside. So We're I don't even know if they're that good. All
2: bad. We're so we stole your credit cards. My dad. A <laughs> yeah. Here's a game.
1: Here's a game to make you feel better. This will I... make you trust us all over again. <laughs> right. Trust my... you to give us mom and dad's credit card next <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> That's a
3: lot easier. Yeah. My, my dad actually has a PS3. I don't have one, but I can't afford one. <laughs> sorry. But he <laughs> he um, actually went down to his local bank and got a, a basically just a debit card. And he only has two hundred dollars in that account. So, in case something happens, that's all he's going to be out. That's how he approaches this security. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, that so is good. They don't yeah. have a credit card, and so it's all right there. So he'll be able to access it. He's going to use that for all his online purchases now. It's kind of a smart. That idea. That is actually a, a really smart idea. To have idea.
1: A, a credit card that's just a placeholder like yeah. that, that you only put so much in every month. Well,
3: and not even a credit card. More, you know, this is more of a debit card. Yeah, you could do a prepaid yeah. card. Oh yeah, you could do it that way too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this way is easy because you don't have to worry about getting a different number every time and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're, you're never out more than a hundred, two hundred dollar, whatever you end up having in that account. Sure. And so there's a uh, Alan you're gonna... Alan's online safety tip for the month Ta-da. is uh, go get a go get a debit card, only yeah. put a hundred bucks in it, and it, then. And it does make a certain amount of sense because if there's any problems with any online purchases, you'll recognize right away because it's not your normal credit card. Yeah, you're like, oh, when did I do that? And like, no, this is only for online purchases. If they start making purchases in like Connecticut like hmm that seems weird <laughs> right uh, I don't it'd be
1: easier yeah than to sort it from your regular purchases because yeah. you would only have a handful a month I don't remember <laughs>
2: flying to mainland China last that's night that's weird that's strange when did I buy
3: five iPads
1: mm.
2: Mm.
1: when did I go to four Walmarts in perhaps three hours perhaps I was
2: in four different states mm. perhaps I'm a sleep buyer
3: sleep buyer <laughs> oh that, so
1: you you get up in the know, middle of the you know it's like sleepwalking night,
3: walking, but you buy things you, you, you know buy, I, I wish that I could Make myself be a sleep cleaner. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, great. yeah. I don't care how tired I am. I'm tired anyways when I wake up. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. My fiance would love that. See? Yeah. It's like, you did the dishes last night. What? I, huh? I Yes. Sure. I, I did. I will take credit for whatever you have just said. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, roll back over. Steve. Yeah. All, true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Alright, anything else before we throw to a break here?
1: Anything else going on.
3: Alan, do you have anything that you um No well, iCloud is another thing that they announced? Yeah,
1: that's uh, the other thing I was gonna mention. Yeah. When iCloud? I was talking about WWDC is yep. the iCloud. Like Ooh. the Apple thing. what's that? Uh well that's Apple's cloud. Oh so, um,
3: <laughs> everybody's going cloudy.
1: Yeah, every there's so many clouds everywhere. Look out I can't see anything. Partly cloudy
2: with a chance of data. <laughs> dun dun dun.
3: <laughs> wow.
1: So wah, wah. currently uh, Apple has MobileMe which is online service that uh, provides uh email, calendaring, uh you can you can post documents online,
3: some synchronization and stuff. Yeah. Huh.
1: So really nice. Um so basically just online storage and a variety of services. But now um with iCloud uh it's rumored that you will now be able to have a digital locker for your music and movies that you buy on the iTunes store so that you don't have to store them on any one particular device and you can access them from anywhere.
3: Oh, wow. That's cool.
1: So you don't have to worry about how many, I think, machines are authorized.
3: And one of the big things, of course, is going to be access to music, right? Is that one of the... Yeah,
1: access to music. That's going to be a big thing. But uh, there's a lot of speculation, too, about whether the iCloud is going to be free Mm. or if they're still going to charge $100 a year, which actually... I don't think it's that much. I've had MobileMe for a couple. How of much? Years.
2: How much data do you get? I mean, how much space do
3: you get for a hundred bucks a month?
1: For disk space? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like, I never. I haven't. Because it depends. That would depend. You
3: know, it seems like it's more useful if you ha- if you have something like an iPhone and stuff. Like I I have I have an Android phone, so it's, for me it's not, not yeah. nearly as much yeah. of an of a advantage. Mm-hmm. But it's that's another thing with uh, the Chromebooks and other all these new online options. You're either going to be able to access your music through something like iCloud, Amazon cloud storage, Google's beta for their music storage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sony actually has one, which they announced and came out right before everything crashed, so yeah. they don't know much about it. That <laughs> one's a uh, that one. I think it's ten dollars a month, and you have access to like six million songs.
2: And they only steal one yeah. credit card. Yeah, there you go.
1: There's only one. Credit only one.
2: <laughs> oh, <one. laughs> All right. Well, hey, everyone out there, you are listening to Do It Live. Uh, We are the most connected radio show on the planet. Check us out online at doit.wis.edu forward slash radio. Uh, If you have an idea for a show topic uh, for next semester, since this is our final show for the semester, uh, email us at radio at doit.wis.edu for wonderful prizes. You can also give us a call at uh, 608-515-8768, or if you're on campus, you can call us at 5WSUM.com. And we will be right back with more Do Live. We're going to be talking about SOAR and how parents fit into SOAR right after this.
4: <laughs> 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 Once more, come on, you mean more. tu machale, Machale, tu machale, tu machale,
3: 500 pounds brown bears weigh between 300 and over a thousand pounds
0: a black bear will have a straighter shoulder rump line while a brown bear more properly known as a grizzly will have a characteristically large hump on its back above his shoulders
3: black bears run away from you brown bears run at you
0: if you encounter a bear remain calm and avoid sudden movements Give the bear plenty of room allowing it to continue its activities undisturbed if you spot a bear and the bear is unaware of you, detour quickly and quietly away. Never run from a bear. Climbing a tree to avoid bears is popular advice, but all black bears, all grizzly cubs, and some adult grizzlies can climb trees.
3: When attacked by a bear, simply lie still on the ground and cover your face and head with your hands. When the bear has finished batting you around and mauling you, contact the U.S. Forest Service. This message
0: brought to you by the Dunder Mifflin Paper Company and 91.7 FM WSUM
5: Madison.
2: more. Do it live here on WSUM 91.7 FM, Madison, Wisconsin. Check us out online at doit.wisc.edu forward slash radio. Shoot us an email radio at doit.wisc.edu. And today we are talking about the SOAR program and about how parents fit into the SOAR program. But of course, one of the most interesting parts of signing up for SOAR and being at SOAR is, uh, at least for students, registering for classes. And uh, back in the day, there was a very unique way of registering for classes that seems kind of alien to us uh, today. And our very own uh, Sandy Cyberlick is here in the studio uh, to talk with us a little bit about that.
0: So, Sandy, you actually lived this whole walking around and registering by foot. And uh, you said at the Stock Pavilion?
5: Well, what happened was you received a time. And you couldn't show up until your scheduled time, and that did was. Did you get it in the mail? How did you get that? Time? I got it in the mail. Wow, a long time ago. Got it in the mail
2: in a galaxy far, oh, thank you. far away.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you had to go to the stock pavilion to pick up your registration forms, which were basically sheets that you filled out classes onto and received stamps.
2: Please tell me they were on punch cards.
5: Sorry. No, not on
2: Punch Cards. <laughs> All right, stop with the old people. <laughs> but, but yeah, did did yeah. people have stamps? Like yes, we, yeah, uh-huh. rubber stamps, sure. sure. Okay.
5: But a lot of people actually had somebody driving a car that would wait for them. Other people biked. You know, it was however you could get around the quickest. And,
0: and the stock pavilion was not made nasally friendly just for this event, right? It still smelled.
5: Oh, the, yeah, it wasn't too bad. But the problem was that it was so far away from most of the buildings where classes would be, because as you can imagine, undergraduates, since they register, as freshmen register last, mm-hmm. a lot of the classes are closed. So you work out a schedule, and you try to go to the class that you want most, but if it's closed, then you have to start over with a new schedule. Wow. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people gave up, you know, cried. Uh, uh,
0: the Touchstone Lady seems re- way civilized in comparison.
5: Well, they used to say that if you could make it through the registration process, that you would make it through school. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: I suppose.
1: Wow, I suppose I that feel was so a, it old. was a test in and of
5: itself. <laughs> I guess it really was. It got better as you you know moved, progressed along because you got an earlier time to pick up your registration forms, and
2: you knew where things were. I suppose. True.
5: Yeah, that was another challenge. You had a map. So you had to know where all the buildings were. You but... had to go to Jeez. a certain room in each building.
0: I suppose that it also helps to know where your classes are, because if you've already gone to the building, you've got at least yeah. a notion yeah. of it. So. Yeah. yeah. It's good and it's bad, right?
5: Yeah, so progress.
2: Wow. <laughs> I can't actually believe that they uh, that made you go around and do that. That's... Thanks very much, Sandy, for being with us here. And uh, up next, uh, stepping in the studio right now, um, is Patty Lux Weber with
0: the parent program here on campus. Can you tell us a little bit about what the parent program does and what its goals and mission are?
6: Sure. Um, The parent program started in 2007 as a way to keep parents connected to the university kind of as a whole. Um, parents, you know, wanted wanted to hear from the university a little more than just when it was time to write a check. And they <laughs> wanted to just kind of stay connected um, through information. So we have a variety of services that we, we have. Um, we do five newsletters a year that we send to parents. We write articles about kind of the, the concept of the transition of, of a college student and a relationship between a, a parent and college student is kind of changing and what that role um, for parents um, could be. And so we do newsletters. We have a 1-800 number, so if parents are really kind of stumped, not sure who to call within the university system, they can call us. And we will refer, direct them to um, help them get their questions answered. Um, we have some events for parents throughout the year, um, and we also have email if parents want to email us questions.
2: So you were talking about the changing roles between uh, parents and college students. How, how have they changed?
6: Well, they've changed um, over the Met- Last many years where parents used to drop their kid off at school and they'd be back at maybe Thanksgiving or Christmas and pick you up. And now um, with cell phone technology and technology in general, um, parents and students are more connected than ever before, sometimes talking once, twice a day. Um but on average, you know, it's several times a week. So um that role has changed and so we're trying to help kind of meet that meet that need. So, you know, understanding that they are still talking um as much as they are, but then also just kind of figuring out what a what a more helpful role for a parent might be.
0: And and they have the, the Facebook and, and the Twitter and Keep in touch that way too. Some parents, (laughs) some parents, yeah,
6: social media. Yeah, we don't embrace that quite so much. We found parents don't Twitter as much as we you'd think they (laughs) might, and Facebook. um, You know, we have a Facebook page, and you know, we only have a few hundred parents that partake in that. So, what
2: is the best? uh, What is the best way to reach parents at this point? Is it still snail mail or email or?
6: Well, we reach out to parents at soar, um, and so we're there in front of them. But we email them. Um, We do e-newsletters, and they can, most of them, email us as opposed to calling us.
1: Okay. And so when parents do contact you, what are the most popular types of questions that you get, and and what is, I guess, the most popular methods by which they contact you?
6: Mm -hmm. Well, I would say typically they're the phone calls mostly, and it's very cyclical depending on time of year. Like, now over the next few months we'll be getting a lot of sewer related questions like more logistical well is there a refrigerator in the room and what size mirror should we bring ah, and okay. that kind of stuff that we point them in in the direction of housing but then um once they get here then it becomes you know my students struggling with homesickness um then it's you know eventually they're they're sick for the first time away from home what should we do what should they do um then it becomes they get their first set of grades they're a little freaked out about that you know um nice. and so it just kind Kind of is this cycle um, that we we go through each year but so I wouldn't say they're all the same or you know they're very different a lot of them are time you know very time intensive they're not getting along with their roommate we get those questions oh. um, so you know those are kind of the sense of what we get
1: and how do you negotiate that line between what you can do for the parents, and what you can't do for them. Mm -hmm. As we were talking earlier, um, I know we were talking with Ren Singer about, uh, you know, uh, that being at the university is a legal agreement between the student and the university, Mm -hmm. and there are certain things that uh, outside parties, including parents being, I guess, a third party, Mm -hmm. uh, cannot be a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do you work with requests along those lines
6: sure that's that's a good question we it helps that the parent program staff we do not have access to records or grades which helps and we are very upfront with parents about that that if that's what you're looking for we don't have that okay and so um it helps when they call we can talk in general terms with them about how you know if it's a bad grade we don't know what that grade is we can't you know parents don't often know they think their students doing bad they're not sure students not telling them so we we just kind of help coach them just generally you know, know. what we should what they should do point them in direction of services on campus but just general and it helps that we don't have that access Mm.
0: and so you're trying to get everybody to sort of work for a common goal be on the same page and and communicate better
6: right true yes and we help we give parents tips we give them conversation starters you know we try to do our Our best to kind of help help them figure out that new role they want a role, and so if they can have a helpful role and we can we can help that be productive and not overbearing, that's you know then we've succeeded.
2: You said earlier you did uh, you do like programs for parents or something like that. What what sort of programs do you have?
6: Sure. Um, Well, we um, collaborate with. This Wisconsin Alumni Association for first year parents weekend. So we have a a portion of that that our office does, but um, to complement that, because that's always traditionally been for first year parents, and then parents come to that and say, "Now what? We're here for three more years. You know, now what's what is there for us to attend?" So our office um, created an event called Badger Family Spring Visit, and we showcase the entire month of April, and we invite parents and families to come during some point during that month. And we showcase about 50 events that are going on in the community and campus. Oh, wow. And we don't create any events. We just point to the things that are happening. And then they can pick and choose, based on their schedule, what they want to attend. So um, this year, we had over 800 families come during the month of April. And when they get here, we give them a welcome bag with some coupons and some things to make their time here
0: great. Yeah, you got a lot of people because there's about 6,000 students registered for SOAR this summer. Right, and most of them have one, if not two, parents or guardians or guests right. coming along with them, and who care about them and want them to succeed. Right,
6: right. And
0: you're here to try and help them do that.
6: Mm-hmm. And we're trying to offer them, an, you know, an economical way to, you know, come to campus and be, you know, be here. We understand not everybody can can afford, um, you know, football tickets in the fall and to come during first year parents weekend. So this kind of gives them that com- compliment to that event. If you had
2: one tip out there for the parents listening, what would that? What would what would you say is your top tip?
6: Mm, that's a good question. My top tip is to understand that they're that your you know their student is is you know becoming an adult and um, you know they really should give them the room to to be a college student and and to succeed and and fail a little bit along the way, but that they it's good for them to let their student know that they're there for them, but not be the person to always, you know, kind of be there to pick up the pieces and do everything for them. Mm-hmm.
2: And I guess on the other side, do you have a, a top tip for students uh, negotiating with their parents?
6: Well, that's a good one, too. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of students um, are kind of quick to dismiss their parents, I think. And, and so if they can keep their parents somewhat just a little bit involved, it doesn't have to be very, you know, detail by detail of what you did Friday night, but just to kind of generally keep them in, involved so they feel a part of, of the experience as well.
0: I'm having a tough time with my math class or yeah, I'm, you yeah. know, I'm doing well with English, something like that.
6: Well, and I think students, I think they're nervous about if you say something like that, I'm having a tough time, then parents are going to offer advice, like quick to offer advice, and that isn't right. always what the student wants to hear. It's more like, oh, you know, just to kind of you know empathize and, and mm-hmm. be there.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: I, I suspect
1: what a lot of students go through is they, they'll decide on a major that wasn't what their parents had intended or um, they're just going through just like, they're just finding out things about themselves, interests that they have or um, just things they want to do with their life that they have to somehow tell their parents about. And I mean, I guess any advice on mm-hmm. how to, I mean, do you offer advice to to students as well? Do you work with the students or is that more with the I guess, with the sore folks that talk to them directly. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you get into perhaps negotiating
6: situations between parents and students. Well, and we do a little of that. I would say most mm-hmm. of our education is for parents only, but mm-hmm. we try not to tell parents anything that students haven't already heard. We just are reinforcing messages. But to speak to your point on you know changing majors, what, what we've really tried to do is educate parents through newsletter articles or um, some... Some um, topics on our website are to keep parents kind of in the know that if you have get this particular type of degree, you can, this opens you up to these 50 jobs. I think parents are kind mm-hmm. of, they don't understand that, you know, there's, there's a lot more out there than just, you know, you get a history degree. What are you going to do with that? And so we try to help mm-hmm. educate them that there's a lot of, lot of things you can do with a history degree and a liberal arts education. Not everybody has to be a doctor or a lawyer, and, and you know, there's a lot of cool cool uh jobs out there right
2: so earlier you were talking about the uh the parents weekend so what exactly happens during that weekend
6: so first year parents weekend is hosted by the wisconsin alumni association so they invite parents to come and there is some programming on friday and then on saturday there is a tailgate party and a football game
1: yeah my parents actually came and did that so we went to the game and they really liked that a lot
0: It'll be a lot more fun this year because Union South's open, that's
2: and
1: true. Mm-hmm. you can just go over
0: there. So does the Parents Program have a website that
2: parents can visit?
6: Um, yes, they do. They can go to www.parent.wisc, which is W-I-S-C dot E-D-U.
2: Par- and how about your phone number?
6: Sure. Our phone number is one eight seven seven two six two three nine seven seven.
0: 877 And that's parent, non-plural, P-A-R-E-N-T. Correct. W-I-S-C dot E-D-U. And and, and so, it. what's on your website? What kind of stuff do you use technology for? Does does technology play a role in what you do?
1: Yeah, does it do anything like, specific that maybe doesn't work as well over phone or, or or postcards or?
6: Sure. Well, our our sorry, our website is um, we have a few things going on uh, on it. It's chock full of information, lots of different topics. Um, parents can check out our frequently asked questions, some dates um that parents want to be in tune with but as far as um some other things that are kind of cool is we have e-postcards where a parent can send a student a electronic postcard from our website just saying you know good luck on your exams or um you know feel better soon but we also have a survey question that parents can click on and um, answer so every few weeks we change the survey question it's kind of interesting to see um what parents how parents answer them and then as well as how they comment and we feel like that's a good way for parents to kind of you know look at it and say yeah you know i kind of feel like that or uh, you know so they can kind of validate you know their thoughts or offer you know thoughts to other parents
2: for the electronic postcard is there a, is there an electronic check uh, option as well
6: <laughs> oh, <laughs> please, mom send, please, little please little mom send money <laughs> that's a good idea we should they should be able to send one back there through you go. paypal uh-huh
2: <laughs> <laughs> What kind of survey questions uh, did you have recently? And, I mean, did you see anything that uh, surprised you?
6: Hmm. Well, recently we asked a question. We're curious about um, if parents are to send items, gift baskets, items to their student, like what would they most likely want that to be? And so it's it's usually, we're usually fishing for something, some sort of information so that we can, you know, enhance our services. So, um, you know, the answer to that question was, um, you know, overwhelmingly they wanted, um, you know, a basket that has um, treats and some fresh produce in it as well. So we asked, you know, birthday cakes, flowers, um, you know, t-shirts and stuff like that and it all kind of boiled down to the treats and food. And <laughs> <laughs> it's the,
0: It seems to oh, be yeah. the way to students' heart is yeah.
2: through yeah, their really? stomachs. Yeah. Yeah. My mom used to send me those during finals time or, you know,
0: Valentine's Day or Easter or whatever and yeah, those are really cool. Yeah. I've got a suggestion though.
2: You
6: should
0: yeah. put a backup hard drive as one of the things that they should send their yes. Oh, yes.
6: Oh, backup
1: hard drive Because we would, when when the SOAR students come through, we would give every one of them an external hard drive if we could do it for free. Oh, and Just gosh, say, please yeah. use this. Because we get so many students in here crying at the end of the semester. Because hard drives, they just give out, right, at the end of the semester. Sure. They know, as Adam was saying earlier, they have, like, stress sensors in them. So when the end of the <laughs> semester hits, and that know. student's frantically typing that paper, the hard drive goes, oh, I can't take it anymore. And just... <laughs>
6: just falls up. over
1: yep. so we wish we could we could do that but um i was wondering if with the surveys i don't know if you ever ask any technology related questions is i suppose the tech store would be interested in this perhaps helped us too sure. any feedback about us or any technology suggestions i guess if, if parents pass any of those along
6: well and if there's ever any questions you all want to have have us ask we could showcase that on our site oh. i know we do um we did ask a question about um, file sharing and downloading and so we did write an article about that about because i think a lot of students and parents don't really know that that's a problem or
0: yeah and that's something that we try and convey especially to the parents because what ends up happening is if students share their files illegally knowingly or unknowingly the if they get pursued by the RIAA or the MPAA, they can be on the hook for thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. which ultimately the parents are probably going to end up being responsible for. Right. So this is a plug for parents and telling their students to not go and do illegal file sharing yeah it's
1: bad right especially because if they're doing it at school here with their laptop and then for christmas break they go home and take that laptop with them then it's on the parents internet connection (laughs) and then the letters are going to be sent to them from their isp so it'll come down directly on them as being the ones who pay the bill that's true good to know so that that i would imagine would be good advice to give parents on because i'm sure parents don't even know how to talk about that
6: No. Because they don't know how to do it. Well, and sometimes, isn't it they just need to unclick something to turn it off because you're sharing and you don't realize you're sharing sometimes? I don't know. But
1: obviously, also, it's Mm -hmm. a matter of not just don't share, but don't even download it. You you just basically shouldn't be using it in the first place, but... I I can't even imagine how parents try to bring that up. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: hey, you know that internet thing where you can get the free? Don't do that. Don't yeah. yeah. <laughs> do it. Don't do it. I heard a man on the CNN say that you can get the viruses and it cost you ten
1: million dollars. From my perspective, the parents that that at least sound like they know what they're talking about seem to have more sway with their with their children. To so if they say, "I know what LimeWire is. I know what what it's capable of. I know that." What? Why are you laughing? It's
2: just the way you say it. You know, it's like the the parent calling him up. I know what LimeWire is. <laughs> I know you've been using it. It's, it's really, really bad.
1: But you know, because if parents just say, "Oh, downloading is bad," mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have as much impact right. as I understand how these programs work, and we could be penalized by you using them. And, and so and please, please don't
0: do it, and please, please, please don't use LimeWire because LimeWire is an invitation for anything Oof. bad to happen to your machine. So and bad. It does all sorts of bad things to your software. So good to know yeah, yeah, that's I probably going to pass all. It wire, wire, anything with wire in it, just throw it away. <laughs> throw it away. <laughs> part, part of my duties on campus uh, include working with SOAR and talking to parents during the SOAR program when they come to town and we talk about technology and file sharing and viruses and all that stuff and all the bad stuff. But, When I first started early on, I went to this seminar. It was in the evening, and there was the panel discussion before us with a few students and a faculty member. And the best question I ever heard came out of one of those. And it was this parent who just got up and very candidly was like, so... Is there somebody who's going to be able to make sure that my student gets up on time in the morning and gets to class <laughs> and is is in class when they're supposed to be? And Is there some like, like wake up call kind of system? You know, can, can somebody call them to see? And wow. was <laughs> yeah. just the most bizarre thing ever. All you got to do is call the concierge, press uh, <laughs> zero on your phone. Set up a... Some folks have different expectations mm-hmm. about what it is to to be in a college and to get an education and so are you, well, are you at the resource fair well
6: we're at the resource fair and we also have a 15 minute time every day with parents so Excellent. we get to introduce the program to them and you know we always invite them to first year parents weekend in the fall um i know we know a small percentage of families actually come to that but for the ones that do we'll be there to welcome them and if they miss that then there's always the opportunity in spring to visit so
0: we've got your website and can you just Tell us that one more
6: time. Sure. www.parent.wisk.edu
2: Excellent. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thank you very Thank much. Patty, you. thanks for coming in. We really appreciate it. Once again, Patty Lux Weber with the Parent Program here on campus. Thank you, Patty, very much for coming in uh, and talking with us about the program. And we will be right back with more Do It Live right after this short musical interlude. Keep it tuned here, WSUM 91.7 Madison for more do it live.
7: of cars has to
2: Do It Live on WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. We are the most connected radio show on the planet. Check us out online at doit.wist.edu forward slash radio. Check us out on iTunes. Shoot us an email at radio at doit.wist.edu if you have an idea for a show topic. And uh, once again, our show has come to a close. The hour has flown by. And uh, we have a lot of people to thank, don't we, Adam?
0: That's right, Ty. Special thanks go to our management team at the Division of Information Technology. Perry Brunelli, Ryan Hansen, Edward Hoover, Brian Kister, Jack Leepak, Ty Leto, Neil Mack, Howie Mead, Mark Nessel, Brian Rustin, Bill Zimmerman. The Director of User Services is Kathy O'Brien. Do its Chief Operating Officer is John Krogman. And our Interim CIO and Vice Provost for Information Technology is Joanne Berg. Today's broadcast was produced by Ty Christian, Sandy Cyberlick, and Adam Wiesenfarth. Our associate producers are Laura Grady, Teresa Saldana, and Nathan Cohen, with assistance from Dan Collins, Matthew Siriani, and the Nates, Harrison Weber, and Zastro. Our on-air producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell, and our theme music is from Conan. The executive producer of Do It Live is Jesse LeGroux. Join us on our website at www.doit.wist.edu slash radio. You can download our podcasts and listen anytime. This is our last show for the semester. We've had a blast. Thank you so much to all of our guests who come in throughout the semester. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And thank you to our listeners who have faithfully listened on 91.7 FM, WSUM, The Snake on the Lake, on our web stream, and of course on our podcasts. We'll be checking in throughout the summer. And we hope you have a fabulous time. We'll see you again in September. Thanks.
4: Tell me your